Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. What's your reaction when your fuel light comes on as you're driving your car around? I don't know, you, you know you're driving home after a long day at work or you're heading home from school trying to stop World War III from breaking out in the back seat and then suddenly, ding, you're almost out of fuel. Now, do you look for the nearest fuel station and, and go and fill up immediately? Or are you the kind of person who never even gets to that level, never allows the fuel tank to get that empty in the first place? For me, Usually when, uh, when I'm driving around and that fuel light comes on, ding, it lights this competitive fire within me. <clears throat> Usually it, it, it accompany, it's accompanied with a burst of rage. I just filled this car up last week. How could it be empty again? But then once the rage dies down, a steely competitiveness takes over. You know, a sense of calm uh, comes over me and I set myself for the task ahead to be able to drive for as far and as long as I possibly can before filling up. Now, when that little fuel light comes on, there is a titanic battle between man and machine that starts in my car. And, and my, my sole objective becomes to get as far as I can with the fumes that are left in my tank. Because I hate filling up. I hate spending money to fill the car up. I said, I love, I love even the cars that have the distance to empty indicator as well, because that's a lie. You know, there is so much more fuel in the tank. Even when it's on empty, there's still so much to go. You know, the last car that we owned in the, uh, the US, it was a Yank tank. It was a 5.7 litre V8, eight seats. It was like having a lounge room on wheels. Uh, way too expensive to run here. Uh, but some, uh, but I, I, I actually didn't drive it that much. You know, Lauren was usually the one who drove it, bussing the kids around. And whenever I got into it, it seemed that the fuel light would come on. It was empty again. And she just left it there waiting for me to fill it up. But uh, it was always a good challenge because I love a good challenge. We had this uh, Costco fuel station just uh, down the street from us. And it was much cheaper filling up there than anywhere else. This fuel station was always my goal. No matter when the fuel light came on, no matter how far away we were, that Costco service station would be my, my objective. Uh, <clears throat> I'd always try and stretch the fuel left in the tank to get to the petrol station. You know, I'd, I'd stop being such a lead foot. Uh, I would let people overtake me, which is countercultural in New York. Uh, and I'd, I'd try to time my approach to traffic lights so that I didn't have to slow down too much. I didn't have to stop and then re-accelerate. Once uh, I remember this time when the fuel light came on, ding, and the, uh, the distance to empty told me it was 20 miles till I was gonna run out of fuel. And I thought, that's no good. We are a long way from home. I, uh, I pulled out my phone, pulled out the GPS and found out that the Costco service station that was always my objective was 30 miles away. It's like a whole 10 miles or 16 kilometres further than what the car said was physically possible. So I decided that we could do it. Game on. Man versus machine. Here we went. So apparently there were 30 miles of fuel in the fuel tank and we set out. I started driving a whole lot more conservatively. We were on the freeway. I put it into cruise control, low speed, just trying to get as much uh, mileage out of the car as I could. 
And as we were doing that, I, I was comparing on the phone how many miles it was to Costco. And as we were kind of counting down the miles and as the dash was saying, hey, we're getting less and less, less miles, I was catching up on the phone. You know, 20 miles, 15 miles, 10 miles. We still had fuel left, we were still going. Finally, we got to the exit on our freeway and, uh, and I had to get off and, and, and decelerate. At that point, we got off the freeway, we had four miles to empty, but we were six miles away from the service station. Well, we kept going and by this time, Lauren was furious with me. Uh, I was loving it. The kids were completely oblivious in the back. Uh, but I was living a roller coaster ride. My, my knuckles were white on the steering wheel, sweat pouring down my brow. And uh, we made it to the last uh, turn off, the last uh, traffic lights before Costco. Two miles on the phone, one mile to empty on the dash. Well, here we go, we are so close. And uh, we finally managed to turn down the street. We uh, turned into the shopping center. We got there as we dropped, as we crossed into the the driveway, we're down to zero miles to empty. I wanna let you know the car doesn't blow up at that point. It doesn't just conk out. We pulled straight right up next to the pump and uh, managed to fill up the car with gas once more. And I said to Laurie, we've made it. It was a huge success. I won again. But for whatever reason, I seem to stretch my car as far as it will go on an empty tank. But I found out that that's actually not healthy at all for your car. It's actually really bad for your car to run it on empty. See, running very low fuel levels in your, uh, in your tank can actually damage the fuel pump. I, I found out that the fuel pump actually is lubricated by the fuel in the tank. And so if there's less fuel in the tank, it gets less lubrication and more likely to break down. Also, as the dirt and the muck sinks to the bottom of the tank, a low fuel level means that you'll be using the dirtiest fuel, which could lead to blockages in your fuel filter and potentially some performance problems and maybe even some expensive repairs. And of course, when you're running the gauntlet on the uh, the fuel indicator light, you've got a greater risk of actually running out of fuel, getting stranded or even being in an accident. Although I'm a serial offender on this, I've actually only ever filled out, um, uh, ran out of fuel once. I was coming to Gateway uh, and I thought, oh, I can make it to that 7-Eleven station just as you, uh, as you come in. Uh, well, I couldn't. I was going up a hill and the car just kind of ground to a halt. And I had to do that walk of shame. You know, you see a few people with the jerry cans full of fuel walking around. And, yeah, that was me. Only once though, only once. But it's actually not a smart move to run your car on empty. In fact, it's generally not a smart move to allow anything to run on empty in your life. Allowing your tires to run on empty increases your fuel consumption and your risk of getting in an accident. Doing pretty much anything on an empty stomach is unwise. You don't have enough sugar in your blood levels and um, you don't think as quickly and you're even, uh, even susceptible to passing out. And as I say that, I remember that breakfast was a long time ago. Even running an empty uh, bank account is not a smart move. See, it's generally not wise to run anything on empty, but it is extraordinary how easily and how frequently we can allow our life to run on an empty tank. This morning, I want to ask you, how full is your tank? How full is your tank? And just so we're clear, I'm not asking about how much petrol you've got in your fuel tank this morning or how your water tank is doing given the drought. You know, I I wanna ask about three areas, ask that question about three different areas 
of our lives. Three key areas that we can quite easily risk running on empty with some pretty serious consequences if we do it for too long. It's important to ask how full is your tank because in each of these three areas, they're each such a key building block of life. And each one of these can be areas that we can be weak or vulnerable in which the enemy may try and take us down. Taking us down and make us ineffective for ministry or just to reduce the impact, our impact on this world. First Peter 5 uh, warns us to be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The enemy is looking to take down Christians. Like a lion hunts for the weak, so the devil prowls around looking for chinks in our armour so that he can take us out of the game. So this morning, we're gonna look at where we are in three different areas of our life and ask how full is your tank? The first area I wanna look at this morning is I wanna ask you how full is your physical tank? Probably many of us have experienced what it's like to be running on empty when it comes to the physical aspects of life. Maybe for you, this past winter running on empty meant continually battling a cold or a cough that you just couldn't shake. Or maybe you've been running on empty while you've been working on a stressful, all-consuming project that's causing you to burn the candle at both ends. Or perhaps you've just had so many people and things to take care of that you're just physically exhausted and need a break. Sometimes we're actually just not that good at looking after ourselves physically. We run down our resources in our tanks and, and there are some really important ways to fill our tanks up again eating healthily, exercising appropriately. But there's one thing we often forget about, one thing that God has ordained for us to do, and that is rest. That's right, rest. Are you aware how important rest is to God? God thinks that rest is so important that He included it in the Ten Commandments. In Exodus 20, uh, in that list of commandments, He says this, "'Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy.'" Six days you shall labour and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your servants, nor your animals, nor the foreigner within your gates. God said to His people, the Israelites, that it was so important to rest that one day each week was to be set aside just for that purpose. A whole day just to rest and honour God. And God was really serious about it. In Exodus 35, and this is, this is crazy, in Exodus 35, we read that this is what God commands about the Sabbath. For six days, work is to be done, but in the seventh day shall be your holy day, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it must be put to death. Must be put to death. Do not light a fire in any of your dwellings on the Sabbath day. Can you imagine that? The Old Testament people, they, uh, somebody just wanted to warm up for the day, put the fire on, nope, you're working, I'm gonna stone you. I'm gonna take you outside the village and, and, and stone you to death. That's how serious God calls us to be when it comes to rest. That's how important it is. You know, of course, we don't live in Old Testament times anymore and no one's gonna call you out if you go home and uh, turn on the stove and cook an egg for lunch today. But even in Jesus' time, there was conflict around what the Sabbath meant. You know, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of, uh, of Jesus' time, accused Jesus' disciples of working on the Sabbath. 
as they picked and ate some heads of grain in the field on the Sabbath. And to the Pharisees, this was like harvesting the field and that sounded a little bit too much like work. So when the Pharisees challenged Jesus about this, he responded, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Jesus' point was that God created the Sabbath day of rest for the benefit of humanity. God designed us for a rhythm of work and rest. It's not about being put to death for starting a fire, but the principle in New Testament times is that God ordains a day out of every week just to be restful for the benefit of our health. In a world that is constantly moving at a seemingly ever-increasing pace, in an environment where you are always reachable and maybe even expected to be always available, God's wisdom for us to take a break is an incredible blessing. See, God wants us to have a, a good, healthy rhythm of work and rest. He's created within us a need to have downtime, to be able to put our feet up, to rest, to recharge, to refocus on Him. These days, there's actually a whole field of research exploring the importance of regular rest and decent sleep. And scientists are discovering that God's wisdom is true. There is wisdom in God's design. When's the last time you actually put your feet up and took a proper Sabbath? When's the last time you stopped thinking about work and just took a break to physically recharge? Have you got a healthy rhythm of work and rest in your life. I wanna ask you this morning, how full is your physical tank? I think the end of the, ter- the term, end of term three particularly, is a time in the year when we can be pretty worn out. <clears throat> We've managed to just survive winter and get through the, the coughs and the colds. The year's been dragging on a little bit, but Christmas literally seems like it's just around the corner. And for those of you counting at home, there's 93 days left before Christmas. The end of term three is always, just by that groan, I can tell the end of term three is dragging on people. But whether the school holidays over these next couple of weeks uh, affects you directly or not, I think there's an opportunity over these next two weeks to just to recharge those tanks, to fill our physical tank by taking care of ourselves, getting some decent sleep, taking those Sabbath rests, even getting out and exercising a little bit more as the days get older, get warmer and and a little bit longer. See, if your physical tank is running close to empty, I wanna ask you this morning, what can you do over the next little while to refill it? What can you do to ensure that rest becomes a part of your rhythm and your routine? What can you do to fill your physical tank this morning? Second area I wanna ask us to uh, consider is our emotional tank. How full is your emotional tank? Probably many of us in this room have experienced what it's like to be running on empty emotionally. At some stage of our life, it's likely that we or somebody we know has been there, perhaps multiple times. You you know, you're starting to run on empty when the emotional tank gets empty, when little things start to annoy you in a really big way. You're so strung out that a small, insignificant, minor frustration causes you to have a a huge, massive, disproportionate overreaction. Another indicator you're running on empty emotionally is when you go through a phase when you just don't feel anything anymore. Activities or hobbies that used to interest you or get you passionate just don't do anything for you anymore. 
That running low on the emotional tank for long periods of time can lead you to cynicism and apathy and ultimately to burnout and depression. Now, the challenge of our world today is that we are constantly bombarded with information and notifications and updates and messages, each of which is causing our brain to have to do a little bit more processing, engage with a little bit more emotion and, and cause us to make more decisions. We've so much information to process, so many things that are coming, coming at us, the, the 24-hour news cycle, constant interruptions and distractions on our phones, social media pervading everything. We are constantly overloaded with information and emotion. Here's a stat for you. I heard this a couple of weeks ago through an organization called The Resilient Project. It's a, it's a project that's working with Aussie youth to build resilience. And this is a crazy stat. They said this, in 2018, it is predicted that the adolescent brain will receive the same amount of information in a week that the adolescent brain in 1993 received in a whole year. Just let that sink in for a bit. In 2018, the average adolescent will process the same amount of information in just one week that the average adolescent processed in a whole year just 25 years ago. Now, if you've got kids, it's, it's, it's evident. You know, they need to have four screens going to be able to engage with their homework. There's just so much coming at us, so much information, so much that's causing us to, to ask questions and process. It's overwhelming. And as a result, we've seen depression and anxiety and mental health issues in our society just go through the roof. <clears throat> Recent stats um, by uh, Resilient Youth Australia indicate that 40% of high schoolers suffer with a mental health issue like anxiety or depression. And this is a, this is a really sad stat, that 25%, one in four of our primary schoolers suffer with a mental health issue as well. You know, mental health is a huge challenge for us as a society today. And I don't want to talk about filling our emotional tanks without at least touching on it. You know, it was Are You Okay Day just a week and a half ago and we had the encouragement to, uh, to, to start an honest conversation with a friend about how they're doing, how they're going. Jason Fidesz, our, uh, our Redlands campus pastor, challenged us in a meeting just the other week um, that, uh, that it's okay to not be okay and that it ain't weak to speak. Now, I want to encourage you this morning, if you're running your emotional tank empty, there are some great ways to address that, even right here within the church. Now, we've got some amazing people who are part of our counselling centre just outside here who would love to sit down with you and, and help you walk through a journey. You see, one of the biggest challenges in that space, particularly for guys, is, is that we think we can do it alone. But my encouragement to you this morning is that God never created us to do life alone. When your emotional tank is drained, more than ever, you need people in your life. You need the community that God has created you for. There's a verse in Ecclesiastes that's often used in weddings. Uh, and it talks about the power of doing life with others. It says this, two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. The writer is saying we cannot do life alone. 
You know, we cannot navigate the hurdles of this world. We cannot strengthen ourselves. We cannot defend the attacks we are under without the help of others. And when our Christian brothers and sisters stand with us, support us and get around us and ensure that God is also part of that relationship, there's an incredible strength available. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. If you're here this morning and you can sense that your emotional tank is running a little low, can I encourage you to reach out to someone over the next little while? Spend some quality time with them. Share what's going on in life. Laugh together. You know, there's real power in laughter. Proverbs 7 says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up bones. You know, laughter is good medicine. This past week, uh, the whole church staff here had a retreat together. And I wanna, I wanna say thank you to those of you who prayed for us. We, uh, we had a, a great time planning and preparing and praying and listening to God together. And there were a lot of laughs. Uh, one night we had a, a staff pageant uh, and different teams of staff put on different song and dance performances. I don't think I've laughed that hard in a long time. Now the next morning, my facial muscles were still sore because of the laughter that we had. And I would love to share with you uh, some of the, uh, the footage of that. But sadly, uh, as our senior pastor, Jason has banned all footage um, from social media uh, about our staff pageant. Uh, partly, I think, because he was dressed up as a ballerina at one point and doing some dancing. Doesn't really want to see that out there. But we had a lot of fun. And the laughter uh, just filled our tanks. So as you think about your emotional tank, maybe, maybe you need to catch up with someone this week. Spend some time together, just opening yourself up, laughing together, praying together. Maybe that someone is your spouse and you need to carve out some time for a date night. Maybe it's that good friend you haven't caught up in a, in a long time with. You just need to spend some time chatting and, and, and opening up. Or perhaps it's actually time for you to call the counselling centre, make an appointment and do that, that, that heavy lifting work in your life. Whatever it is, we were not designed to do this journey alone. God created us to do life together. It's okay to not be okay and it ain't weak to speak. I wanna challenge you if your emotional tank is low, spend some time with one another this week. Be real with one another and just allow one another to fill yourselves up as you focus on God together. There's one more area of life that I wanna talk about this morning and that, that is our spiritual life. Of course, God is interested in our physical state and our, our emotional state, but even more than that, He wants us to be in relationship with Him. He wants us to spend time with Him, to lean into Him, to listen to Him. So how full is your spiritual tank this morning? It can be hard to notice when you're running on empty in this one. You know, signs include that you, you haven't learned anything new about God or you haven't heard from God in a long time or that you just don't seem to have as much patience or love or grace that God would desire you to have or that you're just becoming ineffective for the gospel. I mentioned, I mentioned earlier that we have an enemy that would love to take us out, would love to come between us and God or even just to make us apathetic about spending time with Jesus. And, and as Paul says, we're in a battle. 
Paul says in Ephesians 6, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authority, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Paul goes on to encourage us to put on our armour so that we can be prepared for and take our place in the battle. And so we need to ensure that our spiritual tanks are getting filled. We need to do that so that we can live according to God's plan. We need to spend time with Jesus, getting to know Him and His plan for our lives so that we can show the same love and grace to others that Christ has for us, so that we can know His peace that passes all understanding and so that we can be continuously transformed and led in the power of His Spirit. It's pretty quick to see in the Gospels that it's important to, to fill your tank by spending time with God. What we need to do is look at Jesus' life to see how frequently He took time out to fill His spiritual tank. Throughout the Gospels, time and time again, Jesus retreats on His own just to pray and be with the Father. In Matthew 14, just after the miracle of feeding the multitude with five loaves and two fish, Jesus retreats. Verse 23 tells us, after Jesus had dismissed them, He went up on a mountainside by Himself to pray. And when evening came, He was there alone. In Mark chapter one, right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, as all the sick and possessed kind of descend on the house where He is staying, after He'd healed them and set a bunch of them free, Mark tells us that very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where He prayed. And even just before His betrayal and His death, Jesus found it important to take some time out alone to pray to the Father. Luke 22 says that Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and His disciples followed Him. On reaching the place, He said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, kneeled down and prayed. Again, Jesus is modelling this individual, solitary, personal prayer time with God the Father. Jesus is filling His spiritual tank by thanking God for what He has done and praying about what is to come. If the Saviour of the world frequently got away from the hustle and the bustle and the crowds just to spend time alone in prayer with God, surely that's a good example for us to follow as well. Just as Jesus prioritised filling His spiritual tank, we need to do the same. We need to prioritise spending time in God's presence. Whether that's by praying, digging into His Word, worshipping or simply being still and allowing God to minister to us. We need to constantly go back to our source, our Creator, and be strengthened in His presence. Everybody here has got a different personality and and everybody's gonna connect with God in different ways. I confess that the last six weeks that we were in the States, we were traveling around, we had very little routine and uh, and I got out of practice of uh, of spending time with God. But since I've been back, I've found it again, a great pattern of, uh, of spending time each morning in God's Word. You know, I downloaded a Bible reading plan onto my phone and every morning it reminds me to spend time in God's Word. It's been such a blessing for me. For, for Lauren, my wife, spending time with God comes easy to her in the, in the evening. You know, she'll pull out a devotional book and, and spend some time pressing into God after the kids are in bed asleep. Others find they connect best with God walking around the neighbourhood, listening to worship music, For others, it's podcasting apologetics on the way to and from work. 
Some people love just to sit on a crate, on a dam, on a church property. But whatever way, however you connect with Jesus, wherever, however, and whatever you do to connect with God, can I encourage you to go there and go there often. Go there and go there often. If your spiritual tank is on empty this morning, I wanna encourage you to do something a little different this week, to try and establish a new routine or just do something different to fill your spiritual tank. You know, the best way to add a a new habit in life is to add it to something that you already do. Add it to an existing routine. So maybe for you, that that means this week adding, adding an element of connecting with God somehow. Perhaps that means switching off the radio and praying as you drive to work. Maybe it means setting a reminder at a specific time each day just to help you to remember to carve out some moments with Jesus. Or perhaps you can add a short devotional to your mornings as you eat your breakfast. There are plenty of tools at your fingertips that will help you to connect with God and enable you to fill your spiritual tank. I wanna encourage you to, to try one or two things. Try something new as you follow Jesus' example to connect with your Creator. So how full are your tanks this morning? Your physical, your emotional, your spiritual tanks. Today marks the the first weekend of the school holidays, which may mean different things for different people. For some of you, this this next two weeks might be a little bit crazy. You know, the kids are home, you're out of your normal schedule, and you've got a whole lot more to juggle. For others of you, nothing, nothing much might change over the next two weeks, except your commute might be a little lighter. Or perhaps you've scheduled some time off work over the next fortnight and and things look really quite different to normal. Whatever your next fortnight, whatever this school holiday period looks like for you, can I encourage you not to waste it? You don't wanna be in the same place now that you are in two weeks. Take some time, do some things to, to, to fill your tanks. There's gonna be at least a couple of changes to your normal routine, I'm guessing. So that means it's a great time to reflect on how full your tanks are and what you might need to do to fill them. It's a great opportunity. Maybe it means for you scheduling a few extra Sabbath days to catch up on some rest. Maybe you need to get together with your closest friends and and just open up a little more. Maybe you need to connect with your immediate family, just have some fun and some laughs together. Perhaps it's a a digital fast you can embark on for a little while or or carving out some time for a spiritual retreat. See, this time of year is also a good time to start a new routine, like scheduling in something every day to spend time with God or to start family devotions together. You know, these next two weeks give you an opportunity to make some changes in your life and the life of your family to ensure that your tanks keep getting filled so that you can run that race with perseverance and so that you're not running on empty for the rest of the year. I wanna finish with a, a final challenge this morning. We've talked about not running on empty, that we need to fill our physical, our emotional, our spiritual tanks. But there might be some here this morning, you feel that you are, are permanently running on empty. You feel there's no joy in life, there's no purpose to life and you've never experienced the power of Jesus filling your tank. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus yet. You've never met this Jesus who has such an interest in you. 
that he wants you to live your life to the full so that you can fire on all cylinders. And this morning, you've got an opportunity here to, to start that journey with Jesus. See, Jesus Christ is the foundation on which all of this stands. Jesus is the one who gives us purpose. Jesus is the one who restores us. He's the one who saves us. He's the one who gives us an eternal life. Perhaps this morning your tank is bone dry and you just need Jesus' touch. The beautiful thing is that Jesus knows exactly how you feel. He knows what you need. He talked about this very thing. In John chapter seven, the Bible says that Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. I wanna ask us all just to bow our heads and close our eyes this morning, across this place. <clears throat> now, if, you're, if you're dry this morning, if your tank is dry and you're thirsty for God, Jesus offers you living water. In coming to earth as the Son of God and taking on our sins at the cross, dying as a punishment for all our wrongdoing and being raised for the, from the grave, conquering sin and death, Jesus enabled us a way to have a relationship with our Creator God. And this morning, Jesus is offering you that relationship, a relationship where He will fill you with living water. He'll restore you and rescue you. He'll give you a life of purpose and meaning. This morning, if you're here and you've never accepted that offer from Jesus, you've never said, yes, Lord, I wanna trust you. I want you to fill me. I want your living water. I'm thirsty and I need you. If you've never done that before, this morning as every eye is closed and head is bowed, I just wanna give you an opportunity to respond and say, yes, Jesus, I need you. This morning, if you were here and you wanna accept Jesus for the first time, can I just encourage you to shoot your hand up just to let me know so that we can pray. If you're here this morning and, and you haven't yet trusted Jesus as the Saviour of your life, I'll give you that opportunity this morning. Just raise your hand. You wanna put trust in Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. You know, it's something that doesn't have to happen in a church service. It's something that can happen in the, the, just in your own bedroom at home. It can happen as you're walking around the neighbourhood, just, uh, just asking Jesus to come into your life. This morning, if you've got questions about that, if, you're, if you wanna know more about what Jesus has done for you, I wanna encourage you to head up to the Welcome Lounge at the end of our service. And uh, there's some people out there who would love to chat with you about what it means to trust Jesus. For the, small, for the rest of us here this morning, I wanna offer you an opportunity for prayer. We're gonna uh, sing a great song uh, just declaring that we need Jesus in a minute. But this morning, if you'd like some prayer, uh, we, we're, gonna, we're gonna offer that in a moment. Why don't we all stand and pray as we, uh, as we head into uh, this last worship song. And this morning, if you are here and your, your tanks are empty, you just need God to supernaturally do something in your world. I wanna invite you to come down. Our prayer team and our pastoral team are gonna be here this morning. We'd love to pray with you, just to, to be an encouragement and a blessing to you and, and ask that God would do what only He can do. So let me pray as we, uh, as we close this morning. 
Father God, we are so thankful that You are for us. We are so thankful, Jesus, that You died on the cross for us. You're giving us life eternal, eternally with, uh, with You in relationship with God. But God, I thank You that life is not just about what happens uh, in eternity, but it's also about what's happening here on this earth. Lord, I thank You that You uh, came to give us life and life to the full. Lord, thank You that You wanna fill up our tanks. You've got so much wisdom in the Bible for us that provides guidance and encouragement to fill our tanks. This morning, Lord, we just come to You at the end of term three. Lord, there are some of us here who are exhausted. Some of us here who are emotionally spent. Some of us here who are spiritually dry. And this morning, Lord God, we just invite You into our lives to fill us afresh. Lord, would You do what only You can do? Would You encourage us this morning? Would Your Spirit move amongst us this morning so that we might have life and life to the full? Jesus, we need You. We desperately need You. We pray that You would work powerfully in our lives this morning. In Your mighty Name we pray. Amen. We're going to conclude this morning by singing this, uh, this great song. But if you would like some prayer this morning, if you just want to be encouraged and blessed as uh, the pastoral team, the prayer team pray, just feel free to come down the front. We would love to pray with you. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you've made a decision to follow Christ or would like us to pray for you, please go to gatewaybaptist.com.au and let us know.